It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Oregon Senator Jeff Merkley introduced the bill in the Senate to do away with your participation in the election process. And it's Friday. That means the donkey of shame. But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Hour number two underway. Rob and Ed hanging with you. Do want to get this out uh, quickly. Uh, and I and I'll be honest with you, I don't know where it was that I had seen this, but I had uh, mistakenly thought that I had seen something pointing to Deputy Thompson as a member of the Washington State Patrol. He was not. He was a Kittitas County deputy. Uh, so apologies for that um, in the misinformation pointing to him as a member of the Washington State Patrol. Uh, He was a member of the Kittitas County Sheriff's Department, so our apologies for that um, for that that misinformation. But uh, Deputy Thompson was a member of the Kittitas County Sheriff's Department, so uh, again, our apologies for that. 547-1610 if you want to get involved in the program. We're going to shift gears and um, Interesting interesting news coming out of the Richland School District. Well, we know that the McCleary fix to K-12 education pumped a lot more money into the school districts, and much of that money was given to teachers for raises in a lot of the school districts. So in some school districts, they are facing the possibility of budget cuts. Uh, In fact, a lot of districts in the state. Richland School District is not immune to this. They're facing an uncertain stream of revenue, and they're looking for ways to trim its budget. But some of the proposed cuts are being met with some opposition from parents. We had a chance to talk with Richland School District spokesman, Ty Beaver earlier about this subject. The thing is, is that 85% of our budget of what we spend our money on goes toward people. It's paying for our teachers, for our paras, for our custodians, for our, our, our cooks. Um, and so when that's the bulk of your budget um, and you're losing some money, it's kind of where you kind of have to make the cuts. But we don't know what any potential cuts would look like yet. We're still trying to find a way to make sure that we're minimizing any impacts to our classrooms and making sure that students continue to be supported and um, be able to take advantage of strong extracurricular programs. Well, you mentioned paras. Uh, for those that aren't uh, familiar with them, uh, paraeducators, they're, they're kind of like teacher's assistants. Is that fair to say? Uh, so paraeducators, are, they do um, assist teachers in the classroom. That's one of the many things they can do. Um, they, they generally can help out with a number of things in our schools. They do lunchroom duty. They do recess monitoring. They are crossing guards. Um, they fill um, a number of different types of roles. And it's my understanding that uh, there, there has been some talk. I know you said it's not finalized yet, uh, but that's, and you kind of alluded to it, that that is a place where uh, some cutbacks could happen is with paraeducators. 
It's a possibility. Um, I've not been part of any discussions about what the cuts would look like, um, but they do. There are more than 400. Actually, not more of. There are nearly 400 paraeducators in our schools. They're one of the biggest groups of um, employees that we have. Um, so it's likely. It's not. It's a possibility that that would be where we need to make some cuts. One of the areas that certainly relies on paraeducators support is in special education. So it's my understanding that uh, some parents in the Richland School District uh, are concerned that potential cuts to uh, paraeducators could uh, greatly impact uh, their student, uh, special needs student, uh, in the classroom. So we are committed to providing high quality special education services to our students who need them. That is not going to stop. We are going to still provide special education services to all of our students. As we are looking at how we can adjust these budget reductions, how that may be done may change. We are still looking at moving toward a goal that we announced earlier this year, which is including students more in regular instruction, um, making sure they're able to be part of their actual peers and being in their neighborhood schools. This is so they can be part of their actual community and actually be around the people that they that are part of their lives where they live. Um, these are all things that we had planned, we are starting to do this past fall, um, and we're still going to be sticking to that goal in the end. Um, how we reach that goal is what's kind of being put into question because of these budget reductions. And uh, I, it's my understanding that special needs students uh, have what's called an IEP, an individual education plan. I, again, it's my understanding that a lot of those IEPs uh, have an ultimate goal of integrating the special needs students into the general education uh, classroom. But there are quite a few uh, that that goal probably is not attainable. Is that going to play a part in uh, in your decision or I guess the district's decision in, in how you're going to address uh, the paraeducator situation? So the district is going to honor IEPs. We're not going to deviate from an IEP because that's what's best for that student. Um, if there is a student who is Um, unable to be um, educated in a regular classroom, at least to their least restrictive environment, um, we will address that situation on a case-by-case basis. But not all of our students need to be or should be separated from the rest of their fellow classmates. They benefit from being around other students who can model behavior, can help um, encourage them. Um, These are things that are good for their development. What would you say to a uh, a parent of a of a special needs student or or any student that gets extra help where uh, para support is uh, currently being provided uh, about potential cuts in that area? So as I as I said, I would tell them you know we haven't made any determinations yet about what we're going to be doing to ad- account for our budget. You will continue to be supported. You will continue to receive special education services. We want you to be successful. We want your children to be successful, and we're going to do that. So where do we go from here? What's the timeline uh, where you're at as far as uh, any public comment being taken, the the school board looking at different uh, budget proposals, and and ultimately uh, when a final budget needs to be uh, ratified? So the budget wouldn't need, doesn't have to be approved until the end of the fiscal year. So when we begin, before we begin our fiscal year, we have to approve a new budget. Um, so we're still a couple months away from that, but we've been working toward um, developing that budget for the last few months, and it's going to be continuing for the next few months. Um, as far as um, next steps, you know, we're still meeting with um, the teachers union, REA. We're still meeting with PSE, which is our, our the union representing our paraeducators, on developing um, kind of some ways that we can move forward on this. 
Um, we're going to be reaching out to the public about how we're going to do this all, and we're hoping to have something out or be able to have the public make comment um, sometime after spring break. You know, there have been um, some concerns that we've heard. A lot of people think that we're cutting all of our paraeducators. We are not. We will always have paraeducators in our schools. They serve roles that are important um, and that help teachers do their jobs. So there will always be a role for them in our district. Um, we're also not cutting our special education department. And by that, I mean people tend to think that we're getting rid of all special education. That is definitely not the case. We want to serve our special education students and their families, and we will continue to do so. Again, Ty Beaver, the spokesperson for the Richland School District, uh, talking about the budget issues that they face and uh, some of the possibilities that could come along with uh, those budget cuts. Uh, he mentioned that, like most school districts, the staff take up you know 80, 85 percent of the the budget, so that would be a place where they would definitely look. Going to take a time out here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, and we are going to open up the phones to get your response. 547 1610. 509 547 1610. This is the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline 509 547 1610. Brought to you in part by Perfection Tire, four Tri-Cities locations to serve you. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Hi, um, I'm calling from Richland School District. Um, I'm an employee and a parent. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Well, I just, I guess I have a couple questions. If they're saying that they are going to push um, special education students more into the classroom, I am wondering what kind of training they are going to offer the general ed teachers because as a lot of special ed students have extra medical needs and they have sometimes behavior issues and then if we are putting these children into general ed classrooms with teachers who aren't familiar with those behaviors I guess as a parent I'm concerned um, our teachers are already overworked and to put that on them without training kind of concerns me. I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. It's an interesting point. It is. Uh, 547-1610 is the number if you'd like to join the conversation. We're talking about uh, potential budget cuts coming in the Richland School District. And one of the ideas that's been floated out there is the uh, cuts to personnel. And uh, the the thought is that paraeducators uh, who assist in, in a lot of different capacities, but one of the places where they serve is in the special education classrooms to help supplement the main teacher. And if cuts are made to that area, uh, you know, that does place a bigger burden on, on any of the teachers. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Max bugging you again. What's up, I Max? Just, well, I'll try to be quick because I'm a little out of bounds here. I just wanted to bring up a point, and that was when you were talking at last hour about the whole immigration issue, much of the responsibility for this problem lies with all the entities in our country that have put pressure on the politicians and others to allow this to go on. And you know who we're talking about. It's everything from the farmers to the bureaucrats to the construction people to the Chamber of Commerce 
uh, the so-called humanitarians. We need to wake up and understand you cannot separate poverty from poverty. And if you allow the influx of poverty, you're going to get all these social problems, which we cannot deal with. We're overburdened now. You're absolutely right, Max. Absolutely right. But again, you got to remember, they're not looking at it in that way. They're looking at potential voters. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? I'm from Richland. Okay. What's on your mind? Yeah. So I listened to the talk about the to paraeducators and the, you know, the special instruction teachers. And I have a student that's actually a member of the in the SPED program. And last year they cut about 70 of the special education. So the decline in my, uh, my kid's instruction and basic functioning within the classroom. And they're talking about cutting down another 100 out. You know, they've already tried doing including putting them in the general classroom. I'm getting reports that he can't be in this classroom without a paraeducator present. They take him away, and he isn't able to you know, sit still. He's distracting the rest of the classes. And so I don't understand how they're planning to implement this plan, which they haven't informed any of the parents about. If they run the fly and then telling us after the fact what's going on. And it's, it's really disconcerting to us as parents to hear what's going on in the school district right now. Appreciate the call. Thanks for the call. And and we, I don't know if you if you were able to ask um, Ty Beaver this question or not, but one of the things that I had heard um, regarding this situation was that they were planning to take a vote during spring break when everybody was gone. That was first mentioned, but now there will not be anything done until addressed at the at the school board level until after spring break. I think if if that you would have had paint coming off the walls in in Richland if if that was the case if uh, if a decision was made during spring break when, you know, many families are on vacation or or what have you. 5471610 is the number 5095471610. That last caller touched on something. It's kind of the ripple effect, right? If the idea is to uh, integrate more of the special needs kids into the uh, general education classrooms. That's I think that's a noble effort. However, not every special needs student can handle such a thing. And without paraeducator support in the classroom, then the regular teacher is trying to teach 25, 30 kids and trying to corral a special needs kid that may be getting up and walking around or talking out loud, and then, you know, you kind of, everyone suffers. Let's go, let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yes, hi, this is Tammy McCain. I'm calling from West Richland. Hi, Tammy. What's on your mind? Hi, Ed. Um, I, you know, I just, I, I, I don't mean any disrespect to Mr. Beaver, but I really found it kind of troubling that he totally downplayed the role of paras um, and para support because he. Uh, Tammy, Tammy, your your cell phone is breaking up. Maybe you can find a better spot. Uh, we're losing you, so find a better spot and give us a call back because uh, we really want to hear what you have to say. Let's go to this line. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K O N A. Who's this? Where are you calling from? They didn't want to hang either. All right. You know, <laughs> give us a call though, Tammy. I we you're breaking up badly. We couldn't hear you. Yeah, we want to hear what you have to say. So we'd like to make sure that you're you're. 
your connection is as clear as possible. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi there, Ed. This is Tammy McCain again from West Richland. All right. Well, give it a try. Go ahead, Tammy. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just a concerned parent like anybody else, but I also, I kind of found it troubling, and I mean no disrespect to Mr. Beaver, but uh, I feel like he totally downplayed the role of the paraprofessional, and I wonder if maybe they it, it needs to be considered how important they are. Um, they don't just provide lunchroom duty and recess respite. They, they, they do so much more than that, and our kids count on them. I count on them. I know the teachers do, too, and I honestly do not know how a classroom can exist with just one teacher or just one paraprofessional. Um, and I guess I'm having a hard time seeing what this classroom is going to look like if all the children are included in a general population with no para support. Um, my kid would need help getting dressed for gym, um, transitioning sometimes, things like that. But I know there are others with greater needs, and it's, it's really troubling to me um, and worrisome that this is something that's a pot, that they've even considered a possibility. Appreciate the call, Tammy. Thank you very much. Got another call. Let's go to it. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Go ahead. Hey, I'm calling about um, our special ed kids over in Richland. And th- what these, this administration doesn't understand is there are many children that need para one-on-one instruction or the teachers that they have would not be able to teach. And some of our special ed kids are able to learn further with this special support that they get with the paras and those unique teachers that teach our special ed children. If they are going with the model that they are looking at, which is a one model in the school, we lost you. Sorry about that. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. 547-1610-509-547-1610. You know, I can remember when I was in school when educators started to first look at this topic, at this subject, because at that time, kids with special needs were in the regular classroom. Mm -hmm. And at that, of course, back when we were in school, the levels of, of development disability weren't quite as well known there weren't as many variations it was just kind of boiled down into a simple matter so that's when they started to look at bringing the kids and getting them specialized uh, specialized education you know they started it in our school calling it remedial uh-huh. and so they would bring those kids and they would teach them at a different different path on a different level but there's other things to consider here. If you're talking about staff cuts, then you're talking about lessening the amount of people that you have and putting more on those that are going to be left. That's one aspect. The other aspect to look at is kids haven't changed over the years. Kids are still kids. They can be mean-spirited. They can be disruptive. They can be counterproductive. And if you're going to go back to where you're going to bring kids with developmental disabilities into a classroom, how are you going to prevent kids from being 
kids and treating them a certain way. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meets in Basin City on News Radio 610 KONA. This is the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Ed Dawson along with Rob Francis. We're taking your calls, 547-1610, talking about potential budget cuts in the Richland School District. Uh, There are thoughts that staff will be cut, and specifically paraeducators in the district, and uh, parents, um, some parents are not happy about that. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, um, I'm calling from West Richland. My name is Tamber, and I am a Richland paraeducator. Okay, what's on your mind? Um, I am just concerned as to um, how the budget and the cuts are going to directly impact our most vulnerable population, which is the SPED department. Um, That's my first concern. And then secondly is when Ty was speaking earlier, he said the district was looking at options to reduce their spending. But if you look at the board meeting notes from their last board meeting, they were pretty specific with their cuts. And I know those are just proposed, but... I felt like earlier he was playing it off as they were looking at some options. But if you review the board notes, it says 110 paras and possibly up to eight special education teachers. Um, And these board notes are available online on the Richland School District website if people want to look them up for themselves. And then also I would like to remind everyone that the board meeting will meet again on April 9th um, if if people would like to go down there and voice their concerns. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. And and yes, uh, one, one thing, it, you know, I don't have any issue with any of the things that the last caller said, Rob, uh, and I'm not certainly taking a position, just reiterating, because I spoke with Ty Beaver earlier, the spokesperson for the school district, and he said that no decisions had been made and that a deci- they were not going to have a board meeting next week during spring break. So it, was, it, it is that next meeting that the last caller mentioned that things are probably going to go down. So be interesting to uh, to see how that unfolds. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Guys, it's Chris. Hey, what's up in your mind? Hey, um, help me out with this. I'm having a hard time swallowing this whole education cost thing. Seems almost uh, comparable to healthcare nowadays. Um, I don't know when you guys went to school. I know you guys are pretty close to my age, somewhere around there, but I don't remember... Things being so inflated, expenses. We're talking million-dollar budgets and millions-of-dollar budgets. Is it? Does it might have anything to do with the purse? Um, is is this all? I, I, it's just hard. I can't figure it out. I don't know where these costs are coming from. They have textbooks and they need pencils, and they need to sit the button class and learn. But yet all they're doing is being taught to, to to pass tests. So I don't think their education level is any higher at all, yet the price tag has gone through the roof. Help me out with this, please. Well, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. And, you know, again, Ty Beaver earlier, um, spokesperson for the Richland School District, Rob, said, and, and this fluctuates, but I think it's it's fairly indicative of many school districts across the state. He said it was like 80 to 85% of the costs for school districts are employees. 
That is not just teachers, that is paraeducators, that is maintenance staff, that is uh, people at the you know district level employees. It's everybody. It's it's you know the cafeteria worker. It's you know everybody. You know bus you know bus uh, drivers. So that's I think anybody who owns a business knows that the most expensive part is usually employees. Uh, you know, salary and if there's any benefits and, and, you know, what have you. So if that's the biggest chunk of the pie and you're looking to cut costs, they're going to look there. I mean, that's just the way it is. But where the problem lies for some, many parents in the Richland School District is the notion of cutting, as our one of our previous callers mentioned, um, some paraeducators, as well as some special ed uh, teacher positions. And, you know, that could have a ripple effect that we've been discussing. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Chuck from West Richland. Hi, Chuck. What's on going on? Hey, you know, back to the last caller's statement about the, the rising cost, um, and I, I dealt with this when I lived in Spokane a few years ago, and we noted that the biggest chunk of that rising cost comes from the top end because our school districts are becoming more and more top-heavy, and how many administrators are making that six-digit salary, and when there's a 10% increase in the salary, they get that 10% bump too, and and the number of administrators is just through the roof compared to what it was even 15 years ago. And, and maybe that's where we should look at making some cuts. Do we need 12 vice principals in each school? And I, I know that's an exaggeration for some of them, but there's just so many administrators, and each administrator has their own secretarial staff. There's ways to trim the budget from those. Additionally, and, and a, this is a really big one, too, part of the way we got inflated was when Christine Gregoire signed her first budget that gave school teachers and, and stuff promotions again after like eight years of them not having it, They took away the ability for school districts to contract for things like landscaping. So now all of those people are now employees getting all of the benefits of an employee rather than subcontractors. And that that really takes away the school district's ability to negotiate for those costs, too. Appreciate the call. Yeah, that's, you know, (laughs) Robbie mentioned a couple of factors there. You know, the the top end of the of the employee tree uh, and and the last, uh, you know, facet about the the maintenance workers and and everything yeah it's all it's all there it's all there um five four seven one six ten five oh nine five four seven one six ten here on the bottom line news radio six ten k o n a you know the 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 concern about funding is something that we've discussed um at length um you know, part of the McCleary thing was to drop the levies, was was to reduce the the amount of the uh, the property taxes on the taxpayer as as a result of the McCleary fix. We knew that eventually this was going to come to a point in time because school districts were abusing um, those to pay operational costs, which is what or, or pay other costs outside of uh, operational costs, which is only what those levies were intended to do, correct? Yeah. So they were using that money to pay for things that they weren't supposed to be paying for, and now it's caught up to them. Yeah. Um, But what I find, I'm going to go back to something I said a little bit earlier. You're going to take kids 
who have been separated from the environment for the better part of 30, 35 years. And you're going to put them back into an environment where, and some out there can correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I see and what I notice, kids that are less socially connected because phones, computers, chat rooms, so on and so forth, you're going to put them with kids that have not been around or accustomed to dealing with children that are not on the same education level or social level or understanding level as they are. And you're going to talk about trying to figure out which of these children are going to be able to fit into a regular classroom And you don't think there's going to be some type of a problem or there's going to be an issue where these students may not just have to deal with learning on a different level, but being treated on a different level. And yeah, I'm saying there's a real good chance these kids are going to come home complaining to their parents that they're being picked on, mocked, teased, treated roughly, bullied because they want to cut down on some staffing. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Robert from Kennewick. Uh, I've called and, and told you guys, you know, that I have a master's degree in political science and everything. And as you may remember, I'm uh, disabled and use a wheelchair. I'm from Kennewick, so I'm not from Richland. But I can testify that during the years I was in school, we always had good teachers and good paraeducators. And I was fortunate enough that I had enough of a, of a mental capacity where I was mostly uh, general education classes, but there there were paraeducators in some classes for me that would ha- have to help me write in, in a, with assignments that used pencils and filling in the little bubble sheets for tests and everything. And, and now with, um, with the advent of life skills classes for those who are less mentally capable and everything. I think it's wonderful that disabled kids have an opportunity to be in class, but with the, with the explosion of autism and people on, on various aspects of the spectrum, you've got high-functioning kids, but you also have kids who are autistic who may not have the, the, the intellectual capacity to use the bathroom on their own or otherwise disabled kids in wheelchairs who may need help with not only toileting but possible help in feeding themselves and getting drinks and stuff due to paralysis and everything like that. And it, I, just, I just feel bad for the people in Richland because um, the paraeducators provide vital services and stuff like that. And I think it's just a shame that that it's all, it always seems to be the disabled who the disabled the disability programs who are always first in line for cuts. And my heart goes out to those people, and I hope that they good folks in in Richland can get a handle on this and not have to face those cuts. But uh, yep, appreciate thank the you call. for the call, Robert. We appreciate it. 
We've got to go to this line. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Kathy. I'm from Kettaway. Hi, Kathy. What's on your mind? Well, thinking about this whole education and funding thing, bottom line, we are going to lose very talented, valuable people who are going to lose their jobs, they're going to go somewhere else, and the kids that need them the most aren't going to have access to them. Has anybody thought about that? We don't need an administrator making a six-figure salary. He's not educating our kids, but we need those teachers and care educators. Appreciate the call. 547-1610, We'll go to this line. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Dave from Richland. Hi, Dave. What's on your mind? Um, I think we could probably trade three teachers per administrator and still come out far ahead. I don't believe they should be picking the low-hanging fruit. The low-hanging fruit is the important part, the backbone of that school. Uh, they need to look at the top, start cutting the fat there. And I'd be interested in finding out who's the ones making these choices. Is the administrators making a choice? Who's leaving? Well, it would be, you know, people within the administration are putting together the budget, but eventually and ultimately it has to be passed uh, by the uh, the school board, in this case the Richland School Board. Let's go to one more call before the break. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Okay, we'll try this line. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, hey, this is uh, Doug. I'm in Kennewick. Hi, Doug. What's going on? Well, this is just kind of a follow-up from a couple of callers a, a minute ago uh, regarding uh, heavy with the administration. And uh, I'm not in the school district or anything, but I am retired from uh, another state job. And one of the things that we definitely noticed was is we had more, uh, more chiefs than we did Indians. And uh, they have these staffing models where if you have X number of employees, you have to have a supervisor. When in actuality, a supervisor can actually uh, take care of more people than uh, than those sta- staffing models really dictate. Yeah, so- you're absolutely right. Appreciate the call. We're uh, we're a little behind. We need to uh, take a time out here on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K O N A five four seven one six ten. If you'd like to join the discussion, and uh, before the day is done, Rob, we've got our donkey of shame. Absolutely, we do. Make sure you stick around for that. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610, KONA. Brought to you by the Kitchen Creators at Bunch Finnegan. They're located at 9 East Columbia Drive in Kennewick few more minutes left in the program uh, still time for you to get involved with us we'll get to the donkey of shame but i think the to kind of wrap this up in a nice bow rob mm-hmm. you said it perfectly when you and i were going to school the 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 special needs kiddos were put into the general education classroom yeah um and many of them fell through the cl- cracks educationally and it was around the time we were in school they started to realize yes. that, that there needed to be special classes for yeah. kids who weren't 
learning at the same rate. It wasn't widespread, but some districts around the country were starting to look at that. And now we're to the point where uh, there is a a lot uh, of specialized education uh, that, yes, costs money, requires personnel, and hopefully is benefiting the kids because that's what it's all about, right? You can... You can spend money on something, and even if it's expensive, if the, the return on that investment is a, is good in your mind, then, you know, there's no problem. Right. Let's take one quick call. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Amanda from Pasco. Hi, Amanda. Go ahead. Um, what I find really interesting is I'm actually a paraeducator, and I've been one in Pasco in general education and set ed. What people are trying to look at is if you completely abolish the special education position, then you are then putting kids in general ed. Now, as a parent, our job is to always protect your child. If you put a child into a general education classroom who then has a sensory overload issue and then goes after little Johnny, what happens then? You're absolutely right. And not to mention, if there is no... Paraeducating, uh, paraeducator support in that general education classroom, then now you have one teacher who has to deal with the regular classroom, which is tough enough, yeah. and then have to monitor any special education uh, kids that are in there too. It, nobody gets educated, not the general educator, not the regular kid, not the special needs kid, nobody. Nope, not at all. Time for a donkey of shame. And uh, I'll be honest with you, Ed, my donkey of shame May not be very popular. Uh-oh. But um, it comes on the heels of some revelations from a new book that is coming out about Barbara Bush. Oh, okay. The book's called The Matriarch. Oh. And there were some things that the former first lady said in her book or attributed in her book that, uh, in my opinion, will put the late first lady on the donkey of shame. She's blaming the current president of the United States for a heart crisis that she underwent or she went through in uh, 2016 during the presidential campaign. She blamed Donald Trump for the cause of it because of the uh, untimely end to her son Jeb's presidential aspirations. Uh. Jeb said, you know, it's really not his fault, move on, but the amount of angst that she had because of the Trump campaign and the attacks on Jeb, she squarely blamed him for a heart crisis that she suffered that took her to the hospital. She then went on in 2018 and said that she didn't consider herself a Republican anymore, uh, basically because of the fact that um, Donald Trump was president and you know, his constant ridicule, deserved or not, of her son, Jeb, during the election cycle. Um, yeah. Now, of course, what we did come to find out later on in the book is that this dislike of Donald Trump goes back decades by Barbara Bush. Yeah. Um, because she didn't care for his separation from his first wife. Oh. And uh, apparently... Um, there were some things regarding that that she she didn't care for him in that regard. And quite honestly, um, that's none of her business. No. And if she wanted to blame Donald Trump for her son's weak campaign and the fact that he wasn't a viable candidate, 
okay, that's fine. But those are really lame excuses. But to blame someone because of a, she said, heart attack, to blame someone else for giving you a heart attack, I'm sorry. That puts you on the donkey of shame. So it could be an ethereal donkey with the spirit of the former first lady riding upon it. <laughs> That's all for the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Don't go anywhere. ABC News is next. And then all your local news, weather, and traffic on the Afternoon Report.